Welcome to Essentials to Heal Yourself. I'm Laura Lee Humphreys. So let's start today's conversation off with a question. Do you know where disease begins within your body? We've talked about in other episodes what causes disease. And when those factors are in play, then where does disease tend to develop first? So today we're talking about where that is, and it's in your gut, in the sewage system of your body. And I'm going to explain why. And I'm also going to explain to you why the state of your nervous system is so important and critical for digestive health. And then I'm going to give you some tips and tools about how to heal your gut. So first, let's talk about the nervous system. Why is that so critical for healing, especially with the gut? So there's two primary states that the nervous system is in. It's either in the parasympathetic mode or the sympathetic mode. The parasympathetic mode is where you're resting, you're chilled out, your body's able to digest, it's, it's able to heal, you're able to go into a meditative states to tune into yourself, or you can create or receive um, intuitive downloads, it's where creativity can happen, it's where growth occurs. It's the ideal state that we like to be in. It's our more natural state. That's the state that we are meant to be in most of the time. However, the reverse is true for most people, especially in our crazy society today. Most people spend most of their days in the sympathetic nervous system state. The state of fight, flight, freeze. The state of anxiety, of fear, of, 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 of hostility, of wanting to like pick an argument, of getting all worked up when, in road rage or <laughs> toxic environment or toxic relationships and <clears throat> fights and arguments with people. There's so much stress, so much living on edge, walking on eggshells that so many people in our society are doing and it's wrecking havoc with the guts, with digestive systems. When that goes, the rest of the body follows. So what happens when you're in the sympathetic nervous system state? The blood moves from here, your frontal lobe, where you can allowing you to cognitively think straight. <laughs> Observe, rationally think about things, see, uh, identify patterns and figure out what to do next and create and do the things in your life. It moves from here to the backside of your brain, the reptilian um, mind, this reptilian part of the brain, where it's all about reflex. It's all about survival. It's all about fighting. The, your focus narrows to where it's like you can only see the thing in front of you, the thing that you need to do first, next, because it's all about running from danger and survival. Your blood flow will move from your, the trunk of your body and your organs, your digestive tract, your abdomen, out into your extremities so that you can run, fight, defend, do whatever the thing is to address the perceived threat. When that happens, 
that it's not time to be digesting food, so your digestion slows down. It's also not a time to be healing and repairing things, and so your immune system becomes suppressed. This state is not meant to be stayed in for a long time. It's meant to like deal with the emergency or the perceived emergency, whatever the thing is, and then go back to relaxation and then go back to the parasympathetic state of living normal. The aberration that has happened to people in our society is that most people live the majority of their day in the sympathetic fight, flight, freeze mode. There's fires constantly to be put out at work because people somewhere down the chain don't want to own up to whatever they're doing. There's mismanagement. There's, there's crisis management rather than prevention management. There's running people to places and appointments have to be on time. There's, there's traffic jams and horrible traffic on and on and on and on and on. The list is endless. There's all the crap that the media throws at you just to get you worked up so that you can be in, in, fear and anxiety and oh my god you, you you have to be afraid did you know you have to be afraid that's what they want you to think they want you to stay in the sympathetic mode all the time and be constantly in fear you cannot live for very long in fear you cannot thrive you cannot heal you cannot create you cannot be happy the body was not designed to be in this state for very long. Because people have gotten habituated to this, then they think that's normal. It's not. So what happens to the gut when you're in that state? As I said, the digestion stops or slows down. If you've just eaten a heavy meal and it's been sitting and then it starts to sit there for longer than it should, it starts to rot and ferment. Sounds disgusting because it is, especially if that meal was full of the carcass of a dead animal. Think of what happens to roadkill or any other type of a mammal when it dies. It immediately starts to decay and break down. Do you really want that decay process happening in your gut and your intestines? That's what happens when it sits there for too long. The carcasses of dead animals are meant to be decayed and, and broken down within inside the earth, not inside your gut. Another thing that happens is that the microbiome gets thrown completely out of kilter. That's all of the good friendly flora that need to live in your gut that help digest your food it's intimately connected to your immune system that helps makes vitamins and minerals and, and, and enzymes and things that your body requires to digest your food. You don't live without a healthy microbiome. Just ask anybody who's been on seven or more rounds of antibiotics, their gut is a mess and they suffer every day for it. The serotonin and dopamine production, which happens in your gut, they're neurotransmitters that are mood regulators. They are the bonding and feel good, happy hormones. There's more of those made in their, your gut or more of those receptors, those transmitters are in your gut than in your brain. People used to think that serotonin and dopamine were only made in your gut, in your brain. That's not true. More of it's made in your gut. 
just think of when you've had a good meal is you, you feel all happy and re and, and um, satisfied and you've got a good, good conversation and now you're going to go off and just kind of chill and take a nap and let your meal digest. A lot of that is the serotonin and the, the dopamine production in your gut. Another thing that happens when your nervous system is all jacked up is it agitates your whole digestive system, everything in your, in your abdomen. You can't digest. Therefore, the food sits and rots. It's not sits in there longer than it's supposed to be. The absorption of nutrients from the intestines into the bloodstream is, is impaired and hampered. And then you start to have inflammation, bloating, gas, pain, discomfort. Not only through because your, your nervous system has gotten all jacked up for too long, but because of the impaired results of the results of the impaired digestion of not being able to absorb and break things down correctly. Proteins are broken down. The gut lining of, of the intestines weakens and, and the cells um, don't sit as tightly together as they're supposed to. And so that is known as leaky gut. And so undigested proteins and fluids and foods can get can seep through that space into the bloodstream and then travels around. And that's what one of the contributing factors to allergies and other issues. A lot of the toxicity that sits in your gut can start to also seep out of the permeable walls of the intestines into your abdominal cavity, where the blood then has to pick it up and take it to the liver where it filters it, breaks it down again and sends it right back to the colon through the into the intestinal tract and hopes that this time around that those toxins can actually exit the body rather than just get reabsorbed and recirculated. So there's a lot of things that goes on chemically and physiologically when your nervous system is jacked up and your digestive system is jacked. So that's why it's so important to really monitor yourself, learn techniques, and I'll give you a couple of them, to keep yourself in a more parasympathetic, rest, relaxed, calm state of being throughout the day. That is your normal state. You're not meant to be jacked up into this angry, hysterical, fear-based, hostile person. Another thing that really throws off the nervous, the digestive system is, again, what you put into your mouth, the type and quality of foods that you eat. When it's, as, it's a, a sad diet or standard American diet full of fast food, deep fried foods, crap foods, fake foods, <laughs> pretend foods pulled out of a box, where it's loaded with chemicals, devoid of nutrition, <clears throat> fake flavors, fake colors fake nutrition, the body has to work very hard to break all that crap down in the hopes that it can extract some semblance of some nutrition in there somewhere out of that hamburger and those French fries and that denatured milkshake thing that you just sucked down. That creates a lot of physiological stress that also adds to and is part of the nervous system stress, the nervous system being jacked up and in, 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 in the sympathetic mode rather than the parasympathetic mode. 
So when you're giving your, your body a lot of chemicals, a lot of GMO crop foods, um, foods, especially the wheat that's laced with glyphosate, glyphosate destroys the gut. It destroys the microbiome. If there's a lot of heavy metals and residues within the food, it will get lodged within the, in the intestinal lining and create havoc, inflammation, impair the absorption. It just creates all kinds of problems. So when you're not feeding yourself actual real food that the body can recognize and use, then the gut tissue, of course, it's going to break down. Of course, it's going to be inflamed and irritated because you're putting poisons into your body. You're filling your digestive tract with stuff that it can't use. It's going to ferment, which creates gas. It's going to jack up the, the pH balance of the stomach, of the acids in your stomach and in your intestines, which gives you heartburn. It's going to create constipation. If the food sits there for too long, if there's not enough fiber, if there's not enough water and fluids, then the food, the waste just is going to sit and line, coat the, the linings of your intestinal tract. And then it gets hard. And if you have a lot of refined flour and sugar process, um, products, that's glue. A lot of dairy products that creates a lot of mucus, that's glue. That glues the wastes in layers against your colon wall. It can sit there for decades, decades. And what does it do to the tissue? It compromises the health of the tissue where the, all the buildup is at. It doesn't get the blood flow, the nutrients, the oxygen, the hydration it requires. It becomes stagnant. The, the colon is an elastic tissue or elastic muscle. It needs to stretch and move. If it can't because it's loaded with crap on the inside of it, then this, the tube of the colon becomes more uh, rigid and hard and it's painful when it's massaged. And so over time, when all this stuff gets cemented, literally cemented against the colon wall, then you're constipated. You're not having the bowel movements that you need to have, which is like two, two to three a day, based upon how many uh, meals you have a day. The colon is the sewage system of the body. When that gets messed up, like with all the things that I just talked about, that is where disease originates within the body. Toxins and crud and parasites and microorganisms seep through the colon wall into the, into the abdominal cavity, into the blood that circulates throughout the body. If there's a lot of toxins that the body doesn't know, it gets overwhelmed with, it doesn't have the resources or the, the space, the time to deal with it. Guess where it puts all that toxins? Into the fat tissue. Look at all the guts, all the abdomens of this world. How many are like huge, gargantuan? <laughs> Look at all the excess abdominal weight and the fat. A lot of that is stored toxins because of overeating, eating on the run, stress eating, emotional eating, eating crop foods, fake foods, pretend foods. That's the biggest contributing factor to the abdominal weight. And if you have that, then you're, then it, too much of that, then you are at risk, or that's a contributing factor for diabetes, heart disease, cancers, and all kinds of things. So the colon is the originating spot 
of disease within the body. If that's not moving regularly, you are setting yourself up for problems of all kinds. You're also creating an environment where pathogenic organisms, yeast, mold, fungus, bacteria, parasites, organisms of all kinds can thrive because they love, love, love acidic, waste-filled environments. Why is that? Well, nature is very efficient. When you have an organism or a body that dies, all of the microbiome within it, they shift from an aerobic oxygen feeding state to an anaerobic oxygen deprived state. They shift their function, they shift their form. All of those microorganisms, all of the microbiome that keeps you alive are the very organisms that decay and break down a body once the life force has left. That's nature's way of recycling and keeping things cleaned up. Nature's re, um, decomposers. So if you have an environment within your intestinal tract that is attracting these types of organisms that nature has designed to break down and decompose dying dead materials. What does that tell you about the state of your digestive tract, of how you are caring for it? Why would you create an environment within your body where nature comes in and says, oh, there's no life force there. Let's begin the decomposing breakdown process while you are still living in your body. It makes no sense. And that's what disease is. That is what initiates the disease. So all these microorganisms get out of control. Your immune system can't deal with it. They're out of control because of a toxic load, toxic environment, that they are there designed by nature to clean up, break down, and decompose. So knowing that, now can you understand why it's so important to keep your digestive tract clean and healthy? The way you do that is primarily through cleaning out your large intestine. It's about six feet, six feet long or as tall as you are. So it's a long tube and it's elastic and it can stretch indefinitely and it can fall and sag and fall out of position. And parasites can go in there and they have a heyday and they love it because it's lots of food for them to eat, lots of waste. When people have done significant detox programs and cleanses, they can release literal pounds, 10 to 15 pounds of fecal waste can live inside one colon. When you think about it, yes, it's disgusting. And that doesn't even consider, that doesn't even count all of the parasite nests and eggs that live within all that fecal matter. That is what causes disease. That is the originating point within the body, I should say. From there, disease spreads. So you've got to clean out your colon. <laughs> when you do that, then the rest of the intestinal tract can take a sigh of relief. The liver can have a sigh of relief. It can get caught up and dumping and, and releasing all of its stored 
cholesterol, store toxins, the stored things that it's working on. There's just a much cleaner open route of exit for the body to eliminate all of its wastes. So how do you do that? Well, number one, you clean up your diet. I've said this in almost every episode, clean up your diet. Stop eating crap food. Stop eating fake food pulled out of a box or a can. Stop eating fake foods made in a manufacturing plant owned by a globalist corporation who likes to put chemicals in those food products to poison you. Stop feeding the beast. Stop poisoning yourself. Start loving yourself, respecting yourself, valuing your life more. Start feeding yourself actual real food that nature provides for you, <clears throat> that grows for you on a plant whose roots are stuck in the dirt and whose leaves reach to the sun where it gains nourishment. Feed yourself real food, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, whole grains that have not been adulterated by processing plants where they take out all the minerals and all the, all the, the bran and leave only the starch, which is just mucose, mucose, mucus producing glue to glue all the waste against your intestinal tract. Feed yourself real food. So what you can start with, you can do this challenge. I encourage you to do that. Go 10 days on raw food. 10 days on real raw food. When I first heard that years ago about eating just raw food, I thought that was the weirdest, strangest, most bizarre thing ever. <laughs> it was a stretch for where I was at at the time. And now it's like, just eat raw food. <laughs> so I understand if you have a response to that, it's like, oh my God, raw food. Ah! I got to cook it. No, you don't. It kills the enzymes that you need. Raw food. So you can do vegetable sticks, salads. You can make them so that they are nourishing, filling. You can do smoothies. You can do raw juices, lots of fruit. People freak out about fruit. It's unwarranted. Again, it's been conditioned, but misinformation put out there to tell you that fruit's horrible because of the glucose. No, you don't understand what glucose is or does. Fruits are nature's cleansers. Fruits stir up the pot of the toxic load. That's why people sometimes have reactions to certain fruits and foods because they're stirring up the toxic load, doing what nature designed for them to do to help eliminate the waste and take out the toxins out of the body. And you misinterpret that as something bad and you freak out. So turn that around. Fruits are cleansers, vegetables are builders. There's oodles and oodles and oodles of blogs and recipes that you can find online to do raw foods for 10 days. You can eat as much as you want. Your body will love you for it. That in itself will initiate a gentle house cleaning and cleanse of your body. The, the 
higher amount of fiber, the higher amount of nutrients that your body finally gets by eating some actual real food that's not been cooked to where it's been denatured and from the microwave and radiated and that digestive enzymes and vitamins have not been destroyed because of the heat. If you eat raw food, then your body's naturally going to start sloughing away and eliminating a lot of this buildup and the crap and the stuff that's been stuck along your intestinal walls. It will help sweep out the heavy metals, the glyphosate, and other toxins and things within, stuck within the crevices of your intestines. It will also help reset, repopulate the healthy flora strains of bacteria that your microbiome requires. It will help balance and, and bring back into, into regulation things like candida, the yeasts. Candida is one of those things that's hard to get rid of because the body inherently has it and it can get out of control very easily. And when it does that, then it sees, then it will just take up all kinds of territorial space and it will push out other good strains of bacteria within your gut. And so it, then it just throws everything out of balance. So when you're eating good quality food, bringing in probiotics through a supplementation or doing fermented vegetables, it helps keep that balance more in check of the pathogenic critters and the, and the good flora. It also helps um, minimize the opportunistic uh, organisms like candida. So that's how you start. <clears throat> Go on a raw food diet for 10 days or even do more juices, more solids, drink lots of water and just notice what happens to your body. How do you feel? Yes, for two or three days, then you can have the, the cleanse, the purge experience where your body's like, oh, thank God, now with this space, we can like take out the garbage. Here's like five cans or five garbage bags of stuff. Okay. It will also help just strengthen and regulate and calm down the inflammation, the irritation of everything in your gut. It will help reset your nervous system, reset your hormones, the dopamine, the serotonin levels. It will just calm everything down. You can also <clears throat> do a colon cleanse. Can't speak highly enough about this. There's several different products that out there that help do that. Some are more effective than others, in my opinion, and experience. And you can also do enemas. Yes, I said it, enemas. Give yourself an enema. Give yourself a colon hydrotherapy session or a colonic. Flush the water through your colon to help flush out the stuff, to soften and flush out the stuff that's caked against the walls. You know, I've, I've helped many clients do cleanses and do colon hydros, and you would be amazed, amazed at some of the things that comes out of people's colons, amazed at the amount of parasites. Not something you want to have living in your body. I promise you that. You can do a colon cleanse. You can do... Um, Support your individual, a couple of individual organs like your kidney and liver, like doing a liver flush and a kidney flush. Um, I would not do those. I would first actually clean the colon and then do a liver flush 
and then do the kidneys. You don't want to do the kidneys first when the liver, when the, you don't want to clean out your liver when your colon is still jacked up and congested and blocked. You've got to have the clean pathway first before you clean the liver out. And so one of the best ways is to start with the foods. Another way is just with breath, doing things to calm down, ease the stress in your life, to calm your, you down, to calm your nervous system so that you can just kind of chill, deal with the emotional stuff, deal with the people, find different tools of, uh, of communication, of dealing with things. Meditation is great. Emotional clearing work is great. So that's how you can start cleaning out your gut, calming your gut down. And speaking of stress and the emotional things, the gut is the, one of the biggest repositories for all kinds of emotional trauma and unresolved emotional trauma. The intestines, the gut, it's also your second brain. So whenever you've had one of like those gut instincts or we just kind of like sense it into your gut where you just know something's wrong or something's off, or even something that's correct for you and the right thing to be doing. Or let's say you, you, you walk into a room and you just sense that things are off or people have just, just finished having a heated conversation or, or you go into an environment and it's like, oh, it feels so peaceful and loving and wonderful and comfortable in here. How do you know that? It is your second brain. It is your abdominal brain, your intestinal um, apparatus the nerves in your abdomen that is sensing your environment constantly. And again, this, this ties into your energy system and your third chakra. It's what it does. It senses your environment to tell you, is this a safe or good place to be? Is this person a safe person for me to interact with or are they more predatorial? If you are not in touch with your gut instinct, if the signals are clouded, if you can't get the messages clearly, or if you think that you've completely lost that, that gut intuition, that gut knowingness, a big reason why is because your digestive tract is completely jacked up and unhealthy and loaded, coated over with emotional issues and traumas that are not resolved, that blankets and clouds your ability to receive clear signals from your gut intuition, from your gut knowing. So when your emotions are off or when you're all stressed out, you're going to store things in your, in your, in your belly emotionally. So when that happens, not only do you have the physiological effects, but you've got things like feeling like a hard knot or 10 ton lead weight is sitting in your gut. Ever experienced that? Or it's just a constricted belly. It's just so, so tight with, with tension and stress, you just can't relax. The muscles are so taut all the time. That's going to mess up your digestion, point blank. Or if you want to eat everything in the kitchen, you can become an emotional eater. Or on the opposite end of the spectrum, you don't want to eat at all. You just lose your appetite. Those are all um, emotional responses or physiological responses to emotional stress. Weight gain, you feel all fired up and angry that you want to go punch somebody in the wall or punch somebody in the face, and then you just kind of crash. Okay. All of that stuff 
is made worse when you've got a lot of emotional tension in your belly. And so you've got to do things to address your emotional health. And when you're doing cleansing and fasting, then that's one of the times when that can come up, as well as when you make changes in your diet. So the, the dietary choices that you choose, especially if it's, a, if it's a standard American diet, this crap diet that's loaded with garbage from food manufacturers owned by globalist corporations filled with toxic chemicals, those chemicals are going to keep you locked into those lower emotional states. It keeps those emotional energies locked into your gut so that you cannot resolve them. So there's always this anxiety, there's always this unrest, this agitation in your belly. Creating the, the constipation and the digestive upsets, etc. Okay. So it's important to look at all of this and understand the dynamics of how you function and how your body functions and what your gut needs. The biggest thing I can tell you today to do to help healing your start to heal your gut is stop poisoning yourself with crap food. Stop, start giving yourself real food. Start doing some breathing, some journaling, some meditating, some stress reducing things in your day to help shift your nervous system back into the parasympathetic mode so that your body can actually digest and rest and heal. And then learn techniques to address your emotional healing work. Breath work is a, one of the great way to start. Body work is another great way to do it. I've done that for 20 years. Emotional or uh, energy healing work. I've also done that for over 20 years. So there's lots of ways of dealing with and healing the emotional traumas and stuff that are stuck in the gut. You don't need to, there's no reason for you to continue living in pain and suffering and, and, and misery, both physically or emotionally. So with that, thank you for tuning in. I have a downloadable gift for you, which is three essential or three keys to help you start healing your gut. I encourage you to download that, read through it, and apply some of the suggestions there. You'll find the link to do so in the description that goes with this episode. So look through that. Look at what you can do. Simple steps. You don't need to overwhelm yourself. You're already stressed out. Simple st steps that you can take to start easing the tension in your gut, to start healing your digestive tract. Go look online and find four recipes that are plant-based recipes that you can start adding into your day that, of foods and meals that look really good and tasty and colorful. Start bringing those in and eat them and see how you feel. It's an easy way to start. So. Love to hear your comments from today's conversation. What do you feel is your next step in healing your gut? And with that, thank you so much for tuning in. Leave your comments below in the comment section. I'll re read them and reply to them. Pass this episode around to people you know who could benefit from them. Like my video, subscribe to my channel. Thanks for tuning in again, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.